Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Ain't no current conditions this time of the day. We already gave them. Mike Max Sports to the Max. Interesting state high school hockey tournament today. Underdogs win the first two games. Maple Grove beats Edina. And uh, the big one, everybody's talking about Prior Lake when they did the Crete and Durham Hall. And who did it to him? 6 to nothing. Right now, Hill Murray leads Lakeville South 3-2 with two minutes left in the game. Craig Sarner has seen it all. Player, coach, scout. And he's one of those go-to guys, like I was talking about Terry Kunze, that uh, when I can get him on, he's got a plethora and a wealth of, of hockey knowledge. And uh, he's seen many state tournaments. Craig, thank you for joining us tonight. Michael, it's my pleasure. How you been? Good, good. Always good to visit with you. Now, everybody's talking about this Alex Bump from Prior Lake, and he scored five goals, had an assist on the other one, and they won six to nothing. People in the hockey world knew about him. You know, people that watched the state tournament got introduced to him today. Uh, you know these guys. You see these guys. You watch these guys. Who, who is it? How, how good is this kid? You know, it's, um, I saw him more last year, to be honest with you, when he was a junior. Yeah. But... He went and played in USHL instead of playing in the high school elite league this fall. So uh, I saw him a one time. He's big. He's strong. He skates. And what I like about him, he thinks the game very well. Mm-hmm. And he and he can just hammer the puck. Um, so and uh, watching him today and the time I saw him in person. And I saw him, I think, on on TV one other time against Eden Prairie when they beat him. And uh, he's grown his game a lot since I saw him last year. It's more just a physical game, but the kid is he's he's uh, worked at learning the game as far as finding the holes, seeing where the opportunities are. And I think a lot of that has to do with maybe playing down in juniors. It, where the pace might be a little faster, and it helped him. So, um, obviously, this is a career night for him, uh, but it doesn't take away from the fact that he's going to be a good player. And, and you see the consistency he scored with the whole year through and, and how uh, he's been a leading force in their team. Um, he's got a good career ahead of him. So, so when you're a scout and, and you see the eye-popping numbers that we all see, what do you look for beyond that to project a kid like that or anybody as to whether or not they're, they're going to be a pro, a high draft pick? What are you looking for beyond the statistics to see if this kid's legit? I, I think you're looking, at, you're looking at some kids to see how they understand the game. And I'm not talking specifically of Alex, but I look at a kid like the Plant kid, Zam Plant. Yeah, from uh, Hermantown. Yeah, uh, I to me he's the best center I've seen in the state since Jack Conley played. 
Really? And uh, who later who later went on to be Hobie Baker when he's playing in Sweden now. But he's a little bigger than Jack was, and I think he's got a little more speed. So he's probably got more physical upside, but he understands the game, and he's ahead of the game. And, uh, you know, you, you can almost see, uh, and I call it, cheating on the ice. He knows when to cheat a look. Yep. He's not in the play, but he looks where the holes are going to be when the uh, when the puck comes to him. And uh, everybody says it's hockey instinct. No, it's a learn, learn thing. And somebody, his dad, who was a heck of a player, uh, I'm sure he gave him those tips. Well, and, and, um, and, and that brings me, you know, when you hear that name Plant and Hermantown, you go, yeah, of course, the Plants and Hermantown and Dad and Uncles and all that. But how much do you factor that in when you're a scout and say, okay, he's he can't go off the tracks because he's got too many people there that know the game too well? Don't even, personally, I don't even look at that. You don't? You have to take each kid uh, or each player on what they are, um, you know, and and... and you have to trust your vision. And every scout has a different view of what takes a hockey player, what makes a hockey player. And somewhat, and I work for uh, Kevin Hartzell in Sioux Falls and Bliss Littler in Omaha. They had an idea of the player they wanted to to have. What did an Omaha uh, Lancer look like? What did the Sioux Falls Stampede player look like, forward or defense? So we had kind of a broad outline and then you look at those parameters find them in those kids obviously there's just there's some baseline things as far as skating and and speed and and uh um the way the game is played now there's a premium on speed uh not only speed but speed with mobility and uh then you look at the intangibles that uh you know how does he play is he is he a kid in high school that, uh, you know, when it's the game's on the line, does he produce not only offensively but defensively? And is is he the go-to person? And because at each level going up the ladder, you have to grow your game and adapt it because the game is a little different at juniors and a little different, more different at uh, at college. And, and uh, there's probably a greater jump and that's why you don't see many kids going straight from high school to college anymore. And a no. good example of that is a uh, kid, um, oh, Rao from Eden Prairie. Yeah, back in the day, yeah. Uh, Kyle Rao. And yeah, he came, Rao. Kyle Rao came. He, he spent, uh, after the high school season, he came and, and played probably 20 games in the USHL. And I ran into Kyle, and he had a good freshman year. Blended right in, and I talked to him. And he said, "Coach, if I hadn't played those twenty games, I wouldn't have the year I had." Yeah, because there's there's nuances that aren't in the junior game. It's people are stronger, they're older, they react quicker, and uh, you know you're you're looking at you're playing against twenty Kyle Rows, and you're Kyle Rows. So how do you <laughs> adapt to that, and how do you change your game? You know, yeah. Um, Hill Murray, by the way, just finished off Lakeville South three to two. But you know, when, when you're when, let's just take the USHL as an example. 
when you're looking at prospects that you want in that league, is your entire focus on their potential, in other words, people that you think are going to get scholarships, or do you see players from time to time that you think may have peaked out, but they can also be really good players in your league? We pretty much look for the kids that were going to grow, whether they be a one-year player and a two-year player. Now, there was kids that we took that only stayed one year that probably should have stayed the second year. But when the college says, hey, we need you right now, um, they go, and that's fine. But, uh, you know, you're, when they come into the start of the season August, you know, what are they going to look like in April? And what have they learned? And do they have the ability to learn? Um, a lot of kids are physically gifted, but it's it's mechanically uh, so they don't change their game. Craig Saunders, oh, go ahead. And it's. It's certainly not a science, that's for damn sure. You know, know, I heard somebody say, uh, I was at the Beauty League this last year, and they said, there are guys that don't realize they really don't want to be hockey players. And what they meant by that was they want to to wear the jersey, they want all the... uh, the trimmings and accolades that go with it, and they might even be in the NHL. They just don't love the game and they don't grind it out. And generally speaking, they get beat out by the grinders. Is it easy to project a grinder over someone that's just talented but won't work once they get tested? It shows up pretty quick. And you, when you're talking to a kid, um, I know the pros do it, but we did it uh, in the juniors we talk to the family. We talk to the coaches. We talk to uh, as many people as possible, and obviously you talk to the kid and get a feel for who he is. And a lot of it is the body language. You know that uh, are they excited? Do they sit on the edge of the chair because they're talking to a scout for a team they might be playing, or does he lay back on a couch and look like you know he's ready to fall asleep? Yeah. Um, and I, I, and when I was working for Montreal, we we selected a kid from here based on that, and another kid from here we didn't because of just that type of thing. Um, you know, what's your overall attitude? You can't hide the person you are, and they're both very gifted players. But we wanted a kid who was excited and and uh, and really was. He wanted to know where we were going, you know, or what the possibilities were. Craig, so. I, I remember when the Wild were drafting a guy one time, and they were, they were looking at first rounds, they were doing their interviews, and a Wild Scout told me this. And they said they sat down for dinner with the the player that they might take, the prospect and, and his family, and they said that um, the player used the F word regularly and, and, and would use it to his dad derogatorily because they, that's just the relationship that they had. But it was a really a turnoff. Yeah, uh, just in it's terms a huge of red flag. Yeah, and the kid didn't even know what he was doing. Uh, do, no, is that the kind of stuff you're looking for? Um, I, I only encountered that one time over 15 years, and uh, it. Um, if you're going to sit there in front of your parents and use that type of language, there's something really wrong. And I would say 99 out of 100 times. They're going to pass you by. Um, 
even if you feel that way, you better be a da- darn good actor and make it seem like you have respect for other people mm-hmm. uh, in that type of situation. But by and large, in my experience, like I said, I've only ran into it one time in 15 years. And it uh, doesn't usually happen like that. But I, I can imagine they uh, said we're closing the book on him they did. at that point. Yep, they yeah. did. And, and no it, it was not it was not a uh, 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 mid level draft pick. It was it was a high end you know it was a high end slot so to speak. Besides Plant uh, and Bump that we talked about, who else do you see uh, or have you seen in this tournament so far? Seven games complete, the eighth one coming up that really stand out to you. I like the the young kid from uh, the ninth grader from War Road. Yeah. Um, he's a peanut, but <laughs> you know the game's changed since over time. I mean, he's way too small, but he's he's probably going to get a growth spurt, and hopefully, he'll uh, he's got great mobility. Yeah, he can skate, can he? He can he can he can go side to side, and he's got great A to B quickness. Yep. Um, and I mean that's Kaprizov's not the fastest guy in the league, but A to B, he's pretty darn uh, uh, quick. And you have to have one of those two things because each level you go up, if you're forward, um, if you got to be able to separate if you're going to be a top six forward as far as getting that one step on the defenseman or your back checker and and be able to uh, make a play off that. And now if you're you're just a third or fourth liner, it's not so important. But a lot of guys um, are great players at the minor league level, put up big numbers at the minor league level, but they're on the smaller side. And uh, there's been a number, especially back when the rules were more, you know, they'd allow you to mug a guy and hook and yeah basically have them tow you down the ice. There were some guys that just couldn't separate who maybe got 100 points at the AHL, but they'd never be a top six forward, and they couldn't be a third or fourth liner. Sure. They weren't. They weren't built that way. That, yeah. 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 And um, so there's, and I, like I said, it's, you know, I think if you ask all 32 GMs in the league, and I think there's 32 teams now, right? Yeah. They would love to have the draft gauge age go back to 20. I would think so. Yeah, I, I, that I ain't happening. But I, I mean, that, that, that 18 year old's a crapshoot. They don't do that in other leagues. I don't know why they do, you know. And I, hey, Craig, we're well, out of time, but thank you so much for giving us some time tonight. Always fun to visit with you. Mike, thank you. I'm always available to talk to you. And Maybe we can just sit down and have a coffee sometime. You and I and Kevin Ziegler will do just that, all right? You got that. That's a date. All right. All right. Craig Sarner, nice enough. Be to good. Know. You too. Uh, Hill Murray just finished it off 3-2 to two over Lakeville South. How, you know, Lakeville South is unseated in this tournament, and they're like 25-3. and three. And unseated means you're not one of the top five teams. You're 25-3. and three. you got more wins than the number one seed, Hill Murray. And uh, he'll have to hang on to win 3-2. to two. Good game, though. Um, this is a different kind of a game. And it's at Canterbury Park this weekend. It's called the Minnesota Deer 
and Turkey Classic. And what you do is you go out there and you go, I got a kid that's interested in hunting. And I'm interested in hunting. Let's do a little bonding time, man. Let's bring our son or daughter out there and let's spend some time together. Because we both love the great outdoors. We both want to get better at it. Hey, this is a great opportunity for us to go talk turkey, as we say here in Minnesota. And check out, you can score antlers there if you bring them in on, on tomorrow. Now, I guess celebrity appearances might run to Lee and Tiffany Lakoski from The Crush of All Things. They might be there just wandering the halls. Um, but turkey hunting has become such a popular sport in the state of Minnesota, and it's coming up. It's the one spring hunt we do. And this is your opportunity to get geared up and ready. And they've got outfitters. They've got manufacturers. They've got retailers. All the things that you want to talk about that get you excited about living in Minnesota, it's out there. And it's the perfect place. Free parking, everything else. All you got to do is go online to mndeerclassic.com slash tickets, mndeerclassic.com slash tickets, and uh, head on out there. I mean, I, I mean, you know what I'm saying because we speak the same language you and I do. You're going to have a good time at the Minnesota Deer and Turkey Classic. Bill Nybauer runs the Tim Worth Foundation, and they do some great work, and he came across that gem uh, for an upcoming fundraiser that just falls your way sometimes. Bill, thank you for joining us. Well, thanks, Mike. How are you doing? Good. I drove through Bird Island yesterday, and I saw the sign for the Orth Foundation. There you go. Yeah, right we're, down to twelve. We're I was. setting it all up. Yeah. Explain what the Team Orth Foundation is. Well, we're a we're a nonprofit organization um, called the Tim Orth Memorial Foundation, and we help children in the area in a, in a big area. We we cover a lot of area in Minnesota, um, and their events are coming up the end of this month so we're kind of excited to to get rolling we had to stop for a couple years because of the pandemic but we're moving now and um we uh we do a couple games we do a girls game and a boys game but the neat the neat thing is we have a whole bunch of entertainment that comes uh, a lot of a lot of people from other teams you know like crunch comes from the timberwolves and utah jazz bear comes and dallas mavericks Mazman come and this year we have the the kid condo the clippers mascot and How'd you get him? All, all, you know what? Um, he he's actually on one of the. He was on that uh, that Hungary World Champion uh, dunk team for uh, United States, and um, and so he, some of the guys that are on that dunk team decided that they've been coming to our um, foundation benefit every year, and he found out they were coming, so he wants to come and. You know, and uh, that's how we get people like that. The Utah Jazz team, you know, comes, uh, their dunk team comes, and, and the Fargo-Moorhead and Acro team. So we have Oh, the Fargo-Moorhead Acro team is a, worth the price of admission. They're so good. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. And you put them in a, in a smaller gym and, and you know. They you rock it, huh? Yes, they do. It's, it's amazing. Who, who was Tim Orth? every year. Well, Tim Orth was a boy um, that I used to coach years ago in basketball, and he got a, a brain tumor when he was a junior in high school. And um, so we did. We just threw a benefit together for him to try to help him and his family, and it worked really well. And I the, believe the first year we did, I called the the, um, the Timberwolves, and Crunch came down for our event. And then, and so we raised some money, and Tim died the next year, um, Valentine's Day. And then we decided, you know what, we, we might as well help other children. So we've been doing it for many, many years. I believe this is like the 27th year we've done it. We've raised wow. a lot of money, and we give it all away, 100%. Nobody gets paid. Everybody's volunteer. All this entertainment volunteers when they come up. Um, so it's, it's kind of fun to do. 
Bill Nybauer is our guest. And the money goes to, to I mean, who are the kids in need? What are their needs that you're trying to help well, uh, nourish? A lot of them. A lot of them, Mike, you know, um, they, a lot of them have like cancer and car accidents and just other strange illnesses and diseases that we, I can't even hardly pronounce, but, you know, so we, you know, they, they fill an application. We try to help everybody that we can. Um, uh, you know, there's, I, we usually get about 25 children a year we help. So, um, and we've raised, you know, millions of dollars in, in 20, That's 27 awesome. years. So we're, we're doing pretty good. Well, I guess it's unbelievable, and you've been at the forefront of that. Now, now, obviously, you're always looking for silent auction items and things like that when you have a fundraiser, and you and you stumbled upon one this year that was fairly unique. Explain. Well, we, you know, it was kind of interesting because you know we do a silent auction every year, and we try to get things, and people donate things, and and working with some of these professional teams, we get items from their team and stuff. And this uh, a couple years ago, it was during right before the pandemic. We we uh, a lady called me and she said that she has a football that was signed by the 1960 Minnesota Gophers football team which were national champs that year and I said you do how'd you get that she said well I was on a a dance squad that we performed for them the night before the you know one of the big games and she said I signed it and I gave it to my mom she put it in her closet and then forgot about the football then they were cleaning her mom's house out after she passed and she stumbled across this football so she put it in her house and she's had it for 62 years and she just said i want to donate to the benefit so you know it's a it's a football that has you know roughly 24 um, names on it you know including sandy stevens and bobby bell and and you know coaches and and stuff and and um she asked me if I wanted to put it on the auction, and we thought, wow, this is a one-of-a-kind. There's not another one, you know, anywhere. I called the Gophers. They don't even have one in their Hall of Fame trophy case, so it's like we have one, and we decided that we're going to put it on, on an auction. So um, not not knowing how to let people know about it, we decided to go on a uh, on a betterworld.org, um, uh, so the, the, it's T-O-M-F dot betterworld.org, and then people all over can look at it, and they can see the picture of the football. We do have a couple of programs, too, that are signed by Carl Eller and Sandy Stevens and, and other players. And um, this way, people can look at it all over by just going on there, on there and checking it out, see the football, and um, hopefully bet on it. We raise money for all these sick children we're helping. And when does the actual event take place? Well, the benefit is Saturday. Mar- the benefit in Bird Island, we do three of them. The benefit in Bird Island where we're doing um, an auction is Saturday, March 26th. Um, that's a Saturday, March 26th, and the doors open at 4 o'clock. Um, that's one of them. And then we do one on the 25th, and that's one Basso, and we do one on the next weekend in in uh, Glencoe. Nice. And they all have kind of different things but the same feel? Yeah, different. You know, the, uh, they're different. I mean, we get the entertainment to come up the, the first weekend. Um, they don't come back the second. They do a lot of different things in Glencoe. Um, but the, this entertainment comes for the Friday night and Saturday in Wabasso and Bird Island because it's kind of hard to get them two, week, two weekends in a row. So, But um, they, they come up, they, they spend the day, the entertainment, and they, you know, they just have a lot of fun. And like I said, they, once they find out what they're doing it for, they want to come back every year and bring their friends. So that's what makes it successful. 
You know, Bill, this is uh, obviously tournament week and high hockey tournament, basketball tournament. Uh, you and I played against each other once back, you know, about 40 years ago. I was a freshman coming off the bench, <laughs> and Rhode Island did go. a number on us in the region tournament on their way to a state championship, and you won it in football and basketball. And, of course, you had a guy by the name of Barry Wohler that wasn't too bad uh, running the show. No, but but, but what, what are those memories like for you every year when the state tournament comes back and you played on that state championship team back when it was only two classes? Well, that was that was yeah, it's quite a thing. I just, in fact, I just was in the school and I seen a picture of uh, our football and basketball team picture back then. And you know, that's a long time ago, and I don't know where the years went, but um, it was sure a lot of fun. I mean, you know, you talk to the guys. I just talked to Barry last week again, and and just to see how he's doing at Orono, and and um, so yeah, it's just it's just you know kind of fun. A lot of memories, but boy, they sure go by fast, and you you probably realize that. Boy, do I, man. But, it, when I, you know, it's funny because I was driving down 212. I was out in Granite Falls yesterday. And as you drive through those towns, Bill, everyone has kind of a different memory or a person you played with or against, all those things, especially when you go 212 because, they, you know, it just starts in, in Norwood, Young America, and then there's Glencoe, and, you know, and, and, and then you get Hector, Bird Island, Olivia, Danube, all those. And every one of them conjures up an image or a memory uh, or a stage gym that you played on or something like that, doesn't it? Absolutely, and you know we, when we were playing basketball, our first round we played against Danube, and we played them um, the first in the state tournament, right? In the, year, in the state tournament, and you were like yeah, seven we miles apart, and you know population yeah. one thousand versus population seven hundred, and you both made the state tournament. I mean, that's just incredible. Right, right, and it was a lot of fun because we all knew each other, didn't like to lose against each other, but no. we were all pretty much friends, and. And it was, you know, and even nowadays we run into each other once in a while and you talk about good old days. For sure. And and you had that guy named Barry that was kind of the difference, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Barry, he came out to our farm a lot when he was younger. And, um, yeah, we have a lot of good stories. You must have had a hoop on the barn or in the hay barn if he came out there. Well, we did, and we played a lot of baseball and and um, our roof of our barn was the home run fence. You yeah. know, if you hit it, you you can walk around. It was a lot of fun. Oh, fun stuff. Bill, thank you so yeah. much. Give the website again if people are interested. Okay, if you go under tomf.betterworld.org, on Thursday, March 24th, you can bid from 9 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Um, okay. But not until the 24th football. of March. The 24th of March. And right. Tim Orth Foundation, then, if you Google it, will probably yeah. take you there. Hey, Bill, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Have a good rest of the night. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, and you guys have a good weekend. You bet. Bill Nybar. He's been doing. He's really passionate about this and really good at it because he's so passionate about it. Doctor there in town, and uh, this this Tim Worth Foundation. He is just. He's been the mainstay because he's not afraid to get out there and get after the perfect person you want to go out and raise money and be a fundraiser because he's unabashed and unapologetic about doing it and he knows how to get it done. Timberwolves tomorrow night right here. Hill Murray wins three to two tonight. Prior Lake six nothing winners, and uh, five to two Maple Grove over Edina this afternoon. Moorhead and Andover scoreless in the first period. Uh, Chris Tubbs, baseball is back. How, how did it strike you today? Uh, <laughs> did you immediately forget about all the labor strife or just go? Oh, it's just nice to have baseball back. Or did you go? I'm going to punish them for what they did. I'm I'm not going to punish them. No, you I, can't. I'm just I'm I'm still frustrated at the way that it went down and it was a lot messier and a I mean we knew it was going to be you know contentious, right? I mean we heard that there was going to be this inevitable 
you know, clash between the union and the owners. And it turned into to be just that. I think if games would have like actually been canceled, I think people would be um, a, a lot more, shall I, maybe aggressive in their hatred towards Major League Baseball. I think there was just a lot of frustration because we see it from the outside. We're like, from what we're seeing, it doesn't look like it should be complicated. Why are they making it so hard? Yeah, and they let that international draft dominate them, you know? Yeah, well, and, and that was the thing. It's like, you know, they're talking about the CBT and they're talking about pre-arbitration and, you know, service time and, and this and that and the other. And you're like, okay, you get through all of that. And then all of a sudden, you're talking about the international draft. You're like, well, wait a minute. This wasn't even a thing. And then you hear what Max Scherzer comes out and says that they didn't even talk about the international draft. And then you're like, well, if this is something that can be taken care of in November, why are you talking about it now? now. Let's, let, let's, let's get a deal done. Let's go. Yes. I mean, look at the timeline. Look at chronologically. And, and I'm glad that it got done because I do want to talk about, you know, what the Twins need to do to, you know. I, I've looked at the list just briefly, but yeah. I, I don't know how they get to solid starting rotation mm-hmm. between now and Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I don't... <laughs> You don't have a trade ship out there right now, I, I, I don't think. I yeah, mean, I can't imagine who that would be if you're moving people, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, you've still got really good outfielders and, you know, the system and everything. But, you know, the guys that you have right now are on very team-friendly deals. And, I mean, I, I think you have to hope that Joe Ryan turns into that number one ace because Ooh, to me— that's hard, though. It, it is, but I think you saw glimpses of glimpses, him last year. but I mean, give the kid a little chance to breathe before you put him in, you know what I'm saying? Well, I, I think you have to look, because he was he was the ace uh, of that trade. And you're like, if you're going to get your value, Joe Ryan has got to be the guy. And I think we saw enough that you're like, okay, I, I feel like he could be that guy. But yeah, I mean, he's still got a long way to go, because... I mean, if you can get, what, Michael Pineda back in the fold and Joe Ryan and... Yeah, I can't remember Pineda's status. Is he under contract? I thought he was a free agent. Okay, but either way, you're just a guy, if not him, a guy like yeah, him. But, but uh, yeah, he'd I, be a good example of a guy that if he can stay healthy, he can battle, you know? And, and I'll take him in the rotation any day as long as he's healthy. Yeah, you need guys that are going to eat up innings at this point. And give and you a chance to win. That's, that's exactly it. I mean, last year... I think fans don't want to hear waiting to the last minute because, I mean, we had Jay Happ and, and Matt Shoemaker, and that it didn't exactly work Boy, out those well. names go, come and go quickly, don't they? You bring those names up and you go, oh, yeah, that's right. You uh, know? Yeah, I mean, do you want Sidney Ponson back in this you rotation? you want Ponce back? Bring him on, uh, man. I mean, you know, can Bartolo Colon come can back? Bartolo, I mean, he might have a couple innings left in him. We uh, thought he was cooked when he was here and he pitched well. Yeah, I mean, he's like the Julio Francos of Bartolo Colon's, you know what I mean? He's, but I would expect them to get people of that ilk to fill out the rotation. Yeah, right I, I now, mean, this is, yeah, this, is, this is just where it is. And then, you know, you mentioned, you know, Carlos Correa. I saw Correa in Houston. He is absolutely 100% legit. I've heard that, you know, Twins fans are, you know, you want to go after a guy like Trevor Story. I don't know if the Twins would be aggressive enough to get Trevor Story. Well, Correa may set the bar here in the next couple hours. You oh, know? yeah. Whatever yeah, his yeah. number is, maybe that, you know, that may be the grand prize, and then you work from there. Yeah. I mean, Correa, if you're the Twins, you're waiting. You see what the market is you're for Correa. You're going to sign him. You just want to see what he goes for. Yeah, exactly. Because. I was not a fan of Andrelton Simmons. I, I, I thought... You know, we I liked got him a, a lot, and more people said, I didn't like him, you know? I didn't. I, I was expecting more out of him for this defensive wizard. But you've got to find a shortstop, right? You, you do. You do. And, and he could and, be I mean, in play again. 
Yeah, he could. Or you could put Polanco there, you know, if you, if you want. Yeah, but they moved him from shortstop to second base. Right, but I'm just saying, if, if you found a great second baseman, Polanco may be serviceable at short. Yeah, know? I mean, you know, maybe Robinson Cano can, you know, maybe you can find him somewhere. Eduardo Escobar is out there. Yeah. I think, I, I no, think, he might have signed. I can't yeah, can, you, can you bring Brian Dozier back? Yeah, the big D. I mean, but, you know, if you get somebody like that, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think. If Not you, ideal, but, you know. Yeah, you, you could shore up the middle part of that infield and. and I mean, you, you don't have to get a superstar. Well, would and you, that's would what you pencil in Miguel Sano as an everyday guy? Yes, I would. And you just let him swing? I, you, you kind of have to. I mean, that, that's his game, right? That, that's his M.O. I mean, he, you know, he's, you know, he's feast or swing famine. hard, you might hit it, right? E- exactly. You know, and, and he might and then hit. And you guys, you know, Kirilov looked like he could be a good player before I like, he got hurt. Uh, There's I, guys like that. I, you know, Max yeah. Kepler's kind of, to me, a, a mystery guy. You're not quite sure. Could go either way, you know? Yeah, and I love Trevor Larnick. Like, I, I remember. Larnick gave you some at-bats? Yeah. I remember watching Trevor Larnick when he was playing for uh, Oregon State because I was working at Learfield. Oh, yeah, and, he played against the Gophers. Yeah, and I mean, Learfield's one of our schools, and I just remember that. It was just Learfield's not one of your schools. You mean you mean Oregon State? Oregon State was yeah. one of our schools. Yeah, at uh, at Learfield, and yeah. I was just so impressed with Trevor Larnick. And, and I mean, let's see what you can do with D. Gordon. You know, could D. Gordon could yeah, he be an everyday I, you know, the player? The only thing for I, about Gordon is he's been in the system a long time, and I and I would have thought by now you would have seen a little more something something. Yeah, but but I mean, how how many opportunities did he get? I mean, the first couple times he was up last year, he didn't even get any you know playing time. No, I think but, that but, option but that, a couple to times. me that tells me something. You know, that you didn't carve out a niche for him to get lots of playing time, you know? Well, I mean, I think you kind of had to by necessity with all of the injuries. But, I mean, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that, you know, maybe you can turn him into a, you know, a, into a utility guy. Because I thought, especially playing the outfield, I mean, he's got speed. And that's something. Yeah, but next thing you know, he's playing center field, like, for the first time in his life, yeah, you know. Exactly. It was just crazy last year, you know. That's right. Yeah. All right, Tubbsy, good to be with you, my friend. You too, Max. Appreciate you, brother. You bet. The Lake Man, Henry Lake, coming up next. He'll talk some more what else, Major League Baseball and Twins and Timberwolves and a whole bunch of good stuff straight ahead on News Talk 830 WCCO. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.